You are listening to Future Voices, a podcast brought to you by Beha Futures Foundation. Hello, everyone. My name is Kenan, and I will be your host here in Futures Voices podcast. As Bosnia-Herzegovina Futures Foundation, we decided to start our own podcast with a goal of sharing knowledge of our members to students, primarily in Bosnia and Herzegovina, but around the world as well. This is our very first episode, and today's topic is how to become a successful engineer. We will talk about steps that need to be taken by students during their university period in order to have a successful engineering career in the future. Our first guest is a great example of a successful engineer himself and one of our founders, Mr. Edhem Edi Chustovic. Edi, welcome to our first podcast episode. Oh, thank you so much, Kenan. It's a pleasure to be here with you. In fact, I'm uh, speaking to you live from Florida and I'm in Miami at the moment. Yeah, you're constantly around the world. Now, I guess that most of our listeners know you either from media or from fantastic work you do for our foundation. But I would like to know one specific thing about you. Now, your LinkedIn bio says few things about you. You are engineer, academic, innovator, entrepreneur, philanthropist, and global citizen. So many titles. If you had to explain yourself in just one of these, what would that be and why? Tell me, please. Yeah, I think the best way to describe me is that I'm a connector. I connect people and understand people. I understand how to work with people. And I guess that's been my greatest uh, sort of success in my life. The ability to understand how to mobilize and direct people and get results done. So we could say that you are sort of like manager, connector, something like that? Yeah, I think when you say manager, I think manager implies that you're physically telling people what to do. I like to think of myself as someone who influences direction in the sense that I bring out the best in everyone around me. Uh, you know, it takes more than one person to deliver great projects and understanding what motivates people is uh, the first key to being successful in whatever you do in life. So you have to build teams. The larger the team, uh, the more you can influence the team, the better results you can get out in the end. Of course, motivation is the key for everything in life, basically. Now, first things first, how did you decide to become an engineer? And how can someone actually be sure that engineering is the right career for them? Because we know that it's a little bit hard. Not everyone is capable of doing it. So for most young people making the decision on terms of what they're going to study and what they're actually going to do after they finish studying, it seems like the same decision, but it's actually not. So first of all, you have to understand what is it that actually excites you in life? What, what do you enjoy doing? Because it's what you enjoy doing that's really going to create success in your career. What you enjoy doing is something that you're going to be happy to do on a daily basis, get up super early in the morning and be excited about getting into the work environment, whatever that may be. The classic work environment is slowly dying out, going to a large corporation, sitting in an office in a chair. You know, these things are uh, things of the past. So the future looks completely different. You can work remotely. You can work from anywhere in the world. Currently, I'm doing work in Miami, but I'm also conducting work in Melbourne, Australia, as well as Bosnia. So what got me excited about engineering is the fact that everyone in my family was in the medical field. So that was one thing that deterred me from going down the medical field. I wasn't super excited about blood and I wasn't super excited about seeing sick people. But I wanted to help people and I wanted to be able to contribute something valuable to society. 
You know, people said that when I was young, I was very philosophical about what I wanted to do. But when I was little, I took apart everything that you gave me from little toys to TVs uh, to clocks. And when I was taking things apart, I always wondered, well, it was so easy to take things apart, but it's so much harder to put them together. And it was incredibly significantly more harder to actually design and plan things that other people would use and things that help people in life. So I found myself questioning, you know, how do I want to contribute to society? And it wasn't really important what sort of technical field I was going to use. I found myself uh, uh, thinking about solving problems in general, and I wanted to contribute to humanity as a whole. And that's how I found myself choosing electrical engineering, because I thought to myself, well, electronics is in everything, and I need to be uh, armed with the right skill sets to be able to solve these problems. Wow, that's, that's very inspiring. Nice story. Now, I know that you are constantly emphasizing how important extracurricular activities are for the students. I don't know, workshops, mentoring, volunteering, and similar. And we will talk about them later on. But what about university lectures? How those lectures can be beneficial? You know that, especially in Bosnia and Herzegovina, students claim to be bored with constant theory they see during lessons. And I'm sure that many things can be learned from it as well. What do you think? Yeah, so you, it, it's, it's, so the topic here really is uh, you are a product of the environment that you're in. So people always say to me, well, you know, I'm stuck in this environment where I'm bombarded with theory. And I always ask the question, so what are you going to do about it? You know, sitting there and complaining about something is one thing, but doing something about it really shows whether you are proactive or not. You can accept the way things are or you can change them. Exactly. So I always tell my students, Don't come to me with a problem, come to me with a solution. And even if the solution is not correct, I will reward you for thinking about how the problem could be solved because everyone in life has a problem. People have lots of problems. And to be honest with you, most people don't want to hear about your problems. They want to hear about your success. They want to hear about how you resolve something in that sense. So let's go back to your original question about uh, lectures and becoming very theoretical. First of all, in modern day, education, you cannot rely on formal education alone to get you through life. What you'll find with most entrepreneurs and very successful engineers in industry is that they always complemented their in-classroom learning with out-of-classroom learning. And we talk about non-formal education. Non-formal education can come in any shape or form. It doesn't necessarily come from courses online. It can come from people in your family. It can come from people that you've met on the street. It can come from observation interactions with other disciplines. It's about enriching your own experiences and experiences is what leads you to abilities to recognize opportunities, but also capture those opportunities, run with them to create value for yourself, but also create value for society. So my biggest advice to young people when it really comes to uh, you know, absorbing new knowledge is think about what you're good at and what you're not so good at and what you want to get better at find the pathway to get extracurricular work under your belt so it will complement your day-to-day -day learnings in the classroom. Yeah, so it's just, I know what you're talking about when you say complaining, it's so many complaining around us everywhere. Now, Bastian Herzegovina Futures Foundation offers great opportunities for development of engineering students and mentorship is one of our flagship products, let's say it that way. Now, since students are quite young, they can't possibly know everything, and it is very useful for them to have a mentor, to have a person who they can ask for advice and who can inspire and guide their development. 
Now, how do you see the importance of mentorship and who were your mentors who helped you come where you are now today? Mentorship is probably one of the most crucial uh, learning aspects in life. Regardless of uh, what stage of the career you're at, whether you're an you know, elementary school student or a high school student or a professional engineer with 30, 40 years experience, a mentor doesn't need to be a formal relationship where you shake hands with someone and say, will you be my mentor? Although at times it can be. It's about finding people who inspire you, people who can give you a different point of view, people who can provide you with guidance in life in general. Think of your parents. Your parents are mentors. If you have an older brother or sister, they're probably your mentors as well. Yeah. So mentorship can come in many shapes and forms. What we try to do with the Bosnia Herzegovina Futures Foundation is really take things that I've learned in my career and what I think are very, very valuable pieces to the puzzle. Having someone in your profession that can provide you with guidance, the earlier the better, is such an important element. So what we've tried to do here is gather the best knowledge experts from the Bosnia-Herzegovina diaspora plus colleagues and friends of Bosnia and try to pass on their life experiences to young people in our homeland by providing them with that global and worldly knowledge at a localized level. Not every student and young professional has the opportunity to travel and see every country in the world and meet all the people. So this is a stepping stone in that direction because what we're doing is taking that knowledge and we're bringing it to your doorstep or at least to, to your Viber or WhatsApp or Skype. You have interactions with people who are very, very successful, who are there to help you, provide you a bit of direction in life, be your coach, listen to you. You know, being a good listener is very, very important in life as well. And being able to bounce ideas back and forth. Uh, one thing that's worth noting about mentorship is that you are providing a lot of value for your mentor as much as the mentor is providing for you. It's important to stay in touch with the next generation. I do teaching, not because I enjoy teaching, but because I learn, learn from young people as much as they learn from me. Yeah, it's a two-sided two relationship, actually. Absolutely. It's a bi-directional thing. Yeah. Now, we also know that networking is very, very important in building a successful career. Your network is your net worth, they say. But how to build a great network while you are at the university still, while you are so young and inexperienced? How to make valuable connections which will be useful once you start looking for a real job? So think of the university environment as a learning environment. You are very safe in this learning environment. There is no serious accountability. When you start to work in companies later on, you're going to be requested to do various things. And if you don't do those things, you lose your job. So the university environment is a perfect place to experiment. That's what university learning is all about. It's about trialing things. It's about trialing things that you're not so comfortable with. So let's take, for example, networking in this instance, because that's what the question is related to. Networking is something that often people see as useful and very easy for people who are extroverted. So if you have a big personality, it's easy for you to go out and meet people. Absolutely. But what about if you're a typical engineer, you're introverted, you yeah. chose engineering because you were good at mathematics and physics, you didn't really like to socialize with other people. How do you get over that whole line of, I need to now meet people, I need to shake hands, I need to converse with people? Very simply, you know, in my life I've been fortunate enough to mentor some incredible people but also I've mentored a lot of young people who are highly introverted individuals. So it's a step-by-step -step procedure where you need to slowly push the boundaries of your comfort zone. So your university environment, when you have an invited speaker, for example, someone comes out, gives a guest lecture, they're from industry, don't just let them give the lecture, 
and let them walk out. Approach them, start a conversation, listen to what they have to say, shake hands, make eye contact, do the little things and slowly over time, you will build the confidence to be able to interact with people. But networking isn't just about speaking to people in your profession. It's about building the comfort to be able to speak to anyone in the world. Go out and speak to people who you don't normally interact with. One thing that I did when I was an undergraduate student is I wanted to learn at least one thing about every faculty in my university. So what did I do? I went to networking events and dinners and parties that were organized by other students from other faculties to learn about what they do. And so, of course, in other disciplines, people are a lot more out there. Uh, if you go to the medical faculty, you'll find students are a lot more open to conversation than engineering. So making these co connections and making these conversations happen over time, if you do that on a consistent basis over a period of two or three years while you're studying, you will graduate with a certain ability to communicate. And let me tell you, very, very importantly, communi communication skills are really crucial to getting a job. Being able to communicate your ideas as well as understand other people and listen are so, so important in landing your first job. So any opportunity that comes your way, you should utilize it. Uh, put yourself out there. Get out of your comfort zone. And if you're feeling really uncomfortable about something, to think about steps that you need to take to make yourself uh, more comfortable in that area. Yeah, success starts actually with you leaving your comfort zone. Nothing happens before. Absolutely. And the perfect environment to take that risk is the university environment. Yeah. Now, unfortunately, education system of our country, of Bosnia and Herzegovina, is not developed as in Germany, Australia, or some other countries where students have to do internships in real companies and have work experience while they are studying. However, there are companies in our country which are ready to give an opportunity to students, but students often refuse to work for free because they don't realize how valuable that experience is. Now, how important do you think internships are? How many internships students should actually do during their university period? So internships is something that you should do at every year level of your study. In fact, you should probably try to do more of them uh, in a single year if possible or whether you retain with one company or with multiple companies but let's talk about this word that you mentioned free uh, there's no such thing as free in life everything costs something right so time is very very important in this instance yeah, so let's take for example yeah. exactly let's take an example where a student goes out and gets offered an internship and it's for free uh, don't always think about yourself think about the other side so if someone is offering you a free internship, you may feel like you should be paid. But remember that you have to demonstrate value. You have to generate value for the employer in order to get paid. The easiest thing to say is I have a degree and therefore I should be paid. But you don't get paid for having a degree. You get paid for generating value because value for a company equates to profit. And if the company makes profit, then some of that profit can leak back to you. If you're not creating value for the company, then there is absolutely no reason why the company would pay you. In fact, you're probably costing the company. So yeah. let's touch on the point of internships. When students often go and chase internships, what they think about is, okay, I'm going to be working for you, but work does not equate to value. Work right, will only equate to value when you start to learn what actually needs to be done in the job. So think of the work internship placement as an opportunity to learn, just like you learn in the classroom. Yeah. Does someone pay you to go to class? Of course not. 
you actually paid university to go to class, except you're probably not getting the, the, the experience that you want to. So if someone offers you a three-month internship in a company, you're actually learning from that company. That company is investing significant time and resources into training you. So if you think about what are you getting out of the company and what's the company getting out of you, for the first three months, you are getting a lot more out of the company than the company is getting out of you. So the next time you're thinking about an internship and it's for free, think about what value you bring to that organization. If you bring immediate value to the company, then you probably deserve to get paid. But if you're not bringing value right away and you're learning on the job, then you should probably do that work for free because the company is actually investing heavily into you. So think of an internship as a classroom in the workplace where you are allowed to learn new things and that value will add value to your career, which enables you to eventually get paid for the work that you do. Yeah, exactly. And I also just want to add one thing about the university degree. It's actually not enough anymore. And we have a proof in that by seeing that the biggest company in the world, like Google, Amazon, or I don't know, they don't require a college degree anymore. They are actually just looking at what you know, what you are capable of doing, what are your skills. Like diploma is just not important anymore. Absolutely. So there's no guarantee that if you finish your university degree that you are going to be qualified. Yeah. But the statistics do say that people who finish university degrees are much more likely to get employment. But there's no guarantees in anything in life. Of you course. know, you have, you have to complement your university study with on-the-job learning, internships, extracurricular activities. It's about really putting all that extra time in because you're competing with the rest of the world. You know, there are thousands and thousands of students finishing engineering degrees every day in every country. So what makes you stand out? You know, if you have practical experience in an internship, even if it was for free, you are much more likely to land that first job. And as you rightly pointed out, companies like Google have the luxury of picking from the best and degrees are not so important if you're yeah. able to do the job. Exactly. You, you almost practically answered my next question, which is like uh, about standing out. How can you stand out? Well, we know that mobility is a very important part of, our, part of our scholarship program. Foundation constantly works on finding good educational activities abroad, but here in Bosnia and Herzegovina as well, in which we can include our students. Workshops, seminars, conferences, you name it, we visited it. Now, why are these activities important? So mobility and uh, cultural exchanges uh, are crucial not only to your personal success, but to the success of an entire nation. It's the one thing that makes us robust and makes us successful as a country, as a nation, is the ability to understand other cultures, not just from a perspective of I enjoy other foods and I speak other languages, but understanding business culture uh, in other countries. The world is a very, very small place and it's becoming smaller by the day. We are now interconnected with this uh, World Wide Web that we use. You yeah. and I are doing this podcast using technology, which we probably wouldn't have been able to do uh, yeah. years ago. But and we are a thousand kilometers away. Yeah, exactly. So the point here is that why do we send students? Why do we have this mobility program? You can see a direct correlation between countries that travel a lot and the employees that come back. They bring global knowledge. They bring global know-how. They bring certain capabilities which are not accessible in your own country. Of course, you can take that knowledge and you can culminate it into something very, very big, starting your own company by practices that you've learned in Germany or Australia or other parts of the world. But it's also the network, the international network that you are building by going to other countries. Business today is conducted globally. 
So if you're thinking about conducting business in a local town or city, you're probably not thinking large enough. What enables us to conduct transactions here, Germany and Australia and other parts of the world, is the fact that we have people who understand other cultures. So the likelihood of you being successful in life by having traveled to other countries and learned from other cultures is significantly higher than if you stay in a localized town and you do things in that local town. So our mobility program promotes that. We get our students to travel. We get them to travel, not just on touristy, uh, tourist uh, travel, but really they go out to learn things at other conferences. To explore. Yeah. That's right, to explore new options, to see how things are done elsewhere. Because let's face it, we're not the best in the world, right? We're not the best yeah. in the world in anything. Yeah. Uh, what we are is we're determined. You know, Bosnian and Herzegovinians are very determined. So that determination and that passion and that you know capability, that potential that we have, it needs to be nurtured. And I think part of the solution here really is letting our young people travel to other parts of the world, seeing how things are done, seeing that the world is much bigger than Bosnia and Herzegovina, and then bringing that global knowledge back home, empowering other people around you, and creating good teams that will help you deliver you know your ultimate career goals. Yeah, exactly. Now, since I'm in communications and marketing, I'm constantly observing those skills at people. I noticed that students in Bosnia and Herzegovina, not all, but most of them actually, have a significant lack of assertiveness, sales and presentation skills, and ability to communicate effectively. Now, I think that these skills are very important for them, and I know that you will agree as well, since we talked about this before, but how, how to develop those skills at our young engineers? So there are numerous solutions here. Thank you for this question because it's one that I'm very passionate about. Uh, let's, let's focus on technical sciences because that's what our foundation does. Yeah. If you look at technical sciences, not only in Bosnia and Herzegovina, but all over the world. So first of all, the pool of students that enters uh, technical sciences tend to be introverted. We mentioned that earlier. Yeah. But secondly, the degrees are designed in such a way that they are focused very much on developing your technical capabilities there are very few subjects in technical degrees that are dedicated towards developing what I call enterprise skills, which encompasses business knowledge, marketing, uh, finances, presentation skills, uh, organizational skills, all of the sort of skills that you need to be able to hit the ground running, irrespective of which industry you end up working in. So I look at this two ways. One way is we can take the long road, which is let's reform education in Bosnia, Let's inject the sort of skill sets that we feel that we need. And I think that's going to be a long journey, and I'm currently working on that, but I don't want young people to suffer in the meantime. So Yeah, it, can be, it can be done in a short time, yeah. It, it can't be done in a short time, of course. So we can wait for things to change. You can wait for Eddie Trustovich to make that change for you, or you can be proactive. So as I said earlier, you can complement what you're learning at university with the skills that you don't currently have. So if you want to learn how to present, what sort of avenues will give you the opportunity to present? I've learned that very recently, Toastmasters was started in Sarajevo, and it's now expanding across uh, Bosnia and Herzegovina. If you yeah. don't know what Toastmasters is, it's an international club that really helps people and learn, uh, that helps them learn how to present in front of different types of audiences. You're basically coached by other people, and you have an avenue to practice. So that's, that's one place to practice. Other places to practice is really in, in classrooms, so when, when someone, uh, when an uh, academic asks a question, raise your hand, stand up and speak, get out of your comfort zone. Offer to present solutions to projects at the university environment. Get involved in volunteering, uh, run meetings, for example. 
these, these sort of little things will build up skills and volunteer. So I've learned a lot in my career by volunteering. In fact, I'm volunteering right now here in Miami, working with the Institute of Electrical Electronic Engineers, where I'm chairing a, a large committee. By going out of my comfort zone here at these committees, I'm learning how to communicate and learning how to communicate with people with different backgrounds. People who are in their 60s and retired and have run big defense companies all the way through to young people who are very nervous in this type of uh, exercise. But yeah. really expose yourself to as much opportunity as you can while you're in this infancy stage because it becomes significantly harder when you're 30 or 40 to learn new things as it does when you're 18 or 21. Of course. Well, still, you have to leave your comfort zone, so success starts there. Now, in the end, I would like to ask you one typical job interview question. I don't know when you had your last job interview, but I think this might be interesting for you. Now, where do you see yourself in 10 years from now in terms of career, place of living, your foundation work, and everything else? Mm, very interesting question. <laughs> so in 10, in 10 years' time, I, I definitely see myself living in Bosnia and Herzegovina. It's something that I've been planning for a long time. Uh, I could say that I'm partially living in Bosnia and Herzegovina <laughs> yeah. because I've spent four to five months uh, in, in the country. So I definitely want to live in, in my home country. I want to be contributing to the economic development of my country, irrespective of whether other people will move back or not. I want to be there. I'm passionate about Bosnia. I'm, I'm passionate about helping young people. And I want, to be, you know, I want to be involved in all aspects of helping the country prosper. So yeah. when it comes to my personal career, where do I see myself? Uh, as you mentioned early on, you said I have so many different titles and ways that I describe myself. Yeah. And uh, it's, it's really because I, I get bored of doing the same thing day in, day out. I like to keep my career diverse. So where do I see myself in that time? I do enjoy leadership roles. I do want to get involved in politics one day because I feel that my leadership capability uh, can further add value to various aspects of, of a country. But also, I see my foundation in 10 years' time uh, you know, offering thousands and thousands of scholarships, uh, very large mobility programs, enabling knowledge transfer to happen uh, from, from the best people in the world. I see us reforming education in the country. I really see myself as the sort of person who is going to uh, create the pathway for other people to succeed. So it's not about my success. It's about the success of those people around me because ultimately their success will be a large uh, success to me personally. And I just want to help people succeed in life. Yeah. And big plans ahead of us. And I'm sure that they will come true in a few years after this. And we are already doing great things as foundation. Yeah. We oh. have so many great, great results and, uh, Kenan, you're doing an amazing job yourself, and I appreciate you taking you. the time to set up the podcast as well, and thank you very much. Thank you. Now, that was all for today, Eddie. Thanks a lot for your time and for sharing this valuable information with our audience. I hope that this advice will be properly used everywhere by bright students and future great engineers. Thank you. Thank you. And you can listen to our podcast on Anchor.fm, iTunes, Spotify, and you can find us on Facebook, Instagram, and LinkedIn. Just type Behar Futures Foundation and there we will be. Thank you for listening. Have a great day.